episode 5 of my political podcast. This has once again been a very exciting week, so let's get cracking and discuss what exactly has happened so far this week in Brexit. Uh, Yeah, it's still Brexit, guys. Yeah, we still haven't left the EU, and no, we still might not. So, what really happened? We had indicative votes 2 and 3. Uh... Yeah, everyone hoping for a majority in Parliament for something. Unfortunately, that once again has not really happened. We're currently in a situation where every MP in Parliament still kind of believes that their first choice is on the table, and so therefore they're not really willing to negotiate. Uh, We saw that the Customs Union Brexit got extremely close to a majority. It was three votes short, but unfortunately that is not enough to create a mandate for anything to be done. Uh, The Common Market 2.0 proposal was similarly also very close, as was the People's Vote proposal. All of these proposals are getting near 300 votes, but unfortunately the Conservative Party still doesn't actually want anything. So we had four indicative votes on Monday, uh, these votes were on Customs Union, Common Market 2.0, a People's Vote, and for the Parliament to take over control of Brexit. Again, all four of these failed to gain a majority, and so we are kind of where we left it after Monday. Interestingly, however, Tuesday produced something quite surprising. Theresa May herself came out after seven hours of meeting with her cabinet and reached across the aisle to the Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn. As you can imagine, this pissed off quite a lot of her own party. Uh, They viewed it as legitimising Corbyn, which makes him sound a bit like a rogue state rather than a leader of the opposition. You know, he's he's legitimate leader of the opposition, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, And while this has annoyed them, Really, shouldn't this have happened three years ago? When Brexit was initially voted for, should she not have tried to reach a consensus so long ago? In any case, she is now trying to reach a consensus with Corbyn, and following these talks, um, nothing, nothing happened. Um, yeah. Uh, Corbyn came out and said that the talks were constructive, but inconclusive. It appears that they discussed a customs union proposal to be tacked on to her onto her withdrawal agreement, essentially trying to change the political declaration that we discussed last week about what that future relationship with the EU should look like. Uh, Corbyn did also apparently bring up the idea of a people's vote on this deal, and Theresa May appeared to still be strongly opposed to this idea uh, for democratic reasons, presumably, which, again, I still don't really get. But continuing on, On Wednesday, we had further interesting votes in Parliament. It was a very closely fought day, with one of the first ties in Parliament for 20 years. So, we had a vote on a business motion. Now, a business motion decides whether we continue, 
you know, how exactly Parliament is going to continue debating this. You know, what will Parliament be doing you know, next Monday? This vote drew. It drew in Parliament. 312 votes for, 312 votes against. And this meant that the Speaker cast the final vote, and convention states that the Speaker has to vote for the status quo, i.e. no. So that means the indicative votes process has ended. It's over. Parliament has decided that there's going to be no further indicative votes. So the Commons Remainers had to try something different, and they did. They decided to vote on something called the Cooper Bill. This was presented by Yvette Cooper, a Labour MP, and it the bill is to force the government to extend Article 50 again beyond the 12th of April to prevent a no-deal situation. This vote passed by one. A majority of one. Nearly the entirety of the Conservative Party voted against, and of course nearly the entirety of the Labour Party voted for. There were a few rebels on each side, but enough Conservatives rebelled to cause this bill to be pushed through. Now this was quite an interesting constitutional moment because this bill is a private members bill. It was presented by a Labour MP, an opposition MP. The government whipped against it and yet it still went through. The government didn't present this bill, the government voted against this bill and yet the bill is probably going to become law. That says quite something about the authority that Theresa May and her government actually have right now in the House of Commons. Uh, the bill does still have to go through the process in the House of Lords, but given that the House of Lords was more Remain than Parliament, you can probably expect this to be pushed through pretty quickly there as well. There are some threats of filibustering, which if you don't know is where someone simply stands up and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks, and talks to ensure that you don't actually get a chance to vote on the bill at any point. But there are systems in place to prevent this, and I suspect we will still see this bill passed before the EU summit on April 12th, next Wednesday. So, really, at the end of this week, where are we now? Well, no deal seemed to increase the chances of, you know, it seemed to increase the chances of no deal earlier this week when the indicative votes failed. But this bill by Yvette Cooper will hopefully prevent that. This is a good thing. This is a very good thing. No deal is going to be damaging if we were to go that way. It cannot be the safest thing for our for our country. It cannot be the right thing to do for our country. I think people really underestimate the damage that no deal can do. And importantly, forget that in order to create a trade deal, to negotiate a trade deal with the EU after a no deal Brexit, the first thing they will demand is that we then go back and agree to their divorce bill. You know, where is our £39 billion? Where is our EU rights for our workers and so on? Where is the customs? You know, they will demand exactly the same things that they demand right now. Irish backstop, all these kinds of things. So, no deal doesn't actually solve any problems. No deal just sends us right back to square one. And that's why Theresa May is actually trying to avoid it a bit. I think she realises that no deal only really serves to damage the integrity of the Union and only serves to potentially separate Northern Ireland from the rest of the UK, annoy the SNP, annoy Scottish people who voted strongly 
to remain in the EU and no deal would be the worst case scenario for those of them that did vote this way. Uh, we can even see that Theresa May's own cabinet is starting to tear itself apart a bit following these talks with Corbyn and this avoidance of no deal. Uh, Philip Hammond, her own chancellor, is now calling for a second referendum. He himself believes that that is the democratic way out of this situation. Uh, Liddington, her deputy PM, has been writing to electoral registration officials to prepare for EU elections. So at least he thinks that we'll be having to have those elections, or at least there's a chance that we'll be having to have those elections. Uh, Jacob Rees-Monk, I know not a part of the cabinet, uh, stated that what was announced today was an attempt to overturn Brexit an attempt to do a deal with the socialists. It's very serious. The Brexiteers see Jeremy Corbyn as the biggest threat to this country. I don't know why, but they do. You know, leftism has happened in this country before, and it didn't collapse to the ground. But they believe that he seeks to damage this country. Um, which is a bit strongly worded. I don't think he's some insidious foreign agent. But they strongly believe that reaching out to Corbyn and creating some sort of Labour-Conservative joint Brexit would be significantly worse than a no-deal, and that is why we've got so much vitriol being thrown around right now from the Brexiteer wing of the Tories. Um, I think what needs to be respected here is that she is trying to find a compromise now. She's not trying particularly hard, admittedly. Uh, reaching to Corbyn now, but still insisting on her own deal is a bit fishy. Uh, she seems sort of a game in order to try and blame Labour for her own failings. For example, if she goes into this and refuses to compromise, she can come out of the of the situation and say that it was Labour who refused to compromise with her, and therefore no deal is happening because Labour couldn't find a compromise with us. Uh, which doesn't really make sense because she's the government. She shouldn't have to, you know, fiddle around with compromises because she should have the authority to be in power. But in any case, uh, it's also sneaky in a sense that she may ask for an extension to the 22nd of May. Now, if you remember, the reason the April 12th date was set as the extension thus far was because that's the day on which we have to decide whether we are having EU elections or not. If we choose not to participate in these EU elections and then extend until the 22nd of May we will face the problem that we could end up with May's deal versus no deal being the only two options. Because on the 22nd of May we can't you know, remain in the EU and participate in EU elections, we've already missed the boat on that. So therefore we would potentially, gun to our head, have no deal on May 21st or May's deal. This would be a very cynical tactic and one that is probably not going to work if that is the plan. Uh, the EU has stated that they will not grant an extension to the 22nd of May unless her deal is passed before the 12th of April. Uh, they seem to fancy a longer extension to the Article 50 process to give Parliament time to find a consensus and a way through this that is uh, you know, perhaps Common Market 2.0 or the Norway Plus model as it's also known or simply a customs union closer relationship with you know, single market alignment and workers rights and so on that Corbyn is so dreamily imagining um, really 
there isn't much of a threat of no deal anymore. Uh, unless Theresa May is accepting a second referendum on her deal, Labour cannot accept it. Uh, that's the pressure that Corbyn faces from his own party and from his own front bench. Because, as before, if her withdrawal agreement is passed without binding legal agreements on top of it, such as a people's vote, Theresa May will resign, a Brexiteer PM will be installed, and then they will decide what Brexit they like, no matter what was agreed with Jeremy Corbyn and Theresa May. That's why it's important that the Labour Party don't fall into some trap here, where they agree to something with May, which can be reneged upon by any new Prime Minister. So we're once again left with the question, well, what's going on? Excuse, excuse me. What the fuck is happening? Um, we don't. I don't know. Nobody knows. Still, uh, we're still in our lovely Brexit limbo situation where we still don't really know what's going to happen. It's kind of up to Theresa May to decide what she wants. If she wants a general election, then we should declare it. We should, you know, extend past the EU elections, participate in these EU elections, and have a general election to decide. You know, break this deadlock in Parliament, or we should decide on a second referendum and again extend past May 22nd, participate in those EU elections and have a referendum on our membership, have a referendum on May's deal versus no deal versus Remain, something like that on the ballot. I don't think she wants no deal. I think no deal is insane, and it doesn't seem likely that she will go for it, as I said before. There are rumours, there's rumblings that she doesn't want no deal because she believes in the integrity of the Union and it does threaten the integrity of the Union, especially considering Scotland and Northern Ireland's positions on this. So, really, she has to make the move. She needs to make a decision, and soon, by Wednesday, that's the date when she needs to go to the EU summit and request whatever extension it is we are aiming for um or she could keep trying to push meaningful vote for which she would lose again and waste more time so really it's down it's down to two options it's down to uh general election or people's vote and people's vote is still very much something that theresa may couldn't stand but then again a general election she herself has already promised her party that she would not stand at the next election. Which begs the question, if she calls an election, would she stand in it? If not, then who who wins the Tory leadership contest and becomes the new, the new leader and competes in this election? I don't know if anyone else would do particularly well. Not anyone like Gove or Boris Johnson. So, she's in a very difficult situation. I think we can all have a have a small amount of sympathy for a woman who's who's stuck between a rock and a hard place. She doesn't have any easy options. If she goes towards Remain, she goes towards a people's vote, she will lose the Brexiteer wing of her party. If she makes any moves towards leaving without a deal, well, she'll lose the Remainer wing of her party, or at least the softer Brexit wing of her party. This is the problem that has been paralysing her for so many months. The reason why we've had so many meaningful votes, the reason why she keeps bringing the same deal back to the table, because it's the only thing that keeps her party together, that prevents them from ousting her, or splitting, or voting against her completely. 
is this very terrible middle of the line Brexit that everybody kind of hates. She can't change anything. I mean, we've even seen that Parliament itself is now passing legislation despite the wishes of the government. They're not even in control of what legislation is passing in Parliament anymore. It was introduced by a private member and passed by Parliament, not the Conservatives, who voted strongly against it. It is an absolutely ridiculous situation to be in. This government is not in power. And yet, we don't have a vote of no confidence from Jeremy Corbyn yet. Why not? Because of these new talks with Theresa May. He clearly believes now that Theresa May, having reached out across to him, gives him the opportunity to construct a Brexit that he believes will be good for the people of Britain, his Common Market 2 proposal. This means close alignment of workers' rights, uh, close alignment to the single markets, rules and regulations to help reduce the number of checks we would have to have on any imports and exports to the EU. Essentially trying to really create this soft Brexit that allows us to continue trading with the EU post-Brexit in quite a similar fashion, but without so much political control. Uh, the issue with this proposal, of course, is that the Brexiteer wing of Theresa May's party see this wor as worse than remaining. They see it as still being beholden to the rules and regulations of the EU, while not having any of the political clout to actually affect these rules and regulations. Now, of course, this kind of makes me want to scream in their face. Well, why don't we just remain then? Hmm? If remaining is so much better than this deal? That's because they want no deal. They just want it over with. But Theresa May doesn't. And she's the one in control, sort of, at least, of her own party and of the negotiations with the EU. So that's where we stand what do I expect to happen in the future? I think we're heading to a general election. I don't think Theresa May will ever accept a people's vote on her deal for fear of Remain winning this vote. Uh, she sees Brexit as her duty. Many people comment on this fanatic obsession with duty that Theresa May has. She was brought up by an Angl Anglican father you know, talking about running through the wheat fields as the worst crime she's ever committed. She is a very committed individual. She believes Brexit is her duty, is her duty to the British people, and she will deliver it. Therefore, I don't see a people's vote as being in her wheelhouse. I see a general election to be what she would view as the better option of the two, and I think she's starting to come to the point where if these talks with Jeremy Corbyn fail and there isn't a an agreement on what sort of proposal to bring forward, then a general election is her only way out. Whether she would contest this election, well, that remains to be seen and will be a very interesting point. I imagine the Brexiteer wing of her party will be desperate to ensure she does not compete in this election, but then again, they kind of blew their load a little bit early. The 1922 committee only allows one vote of confidence in the, in the leader of the Conservative Party per year. If you remember, they had this vote 
back in, I believe it was December, as to whether they had confidence in Theresa May, and the party voted that they did. Well, that means that they can't have another vote to kick Theresa May out. They can only gently push her through other techniques and back deals. But really, she's in control now of the Conservative Party, and it's their own fault. We've reached the point now, really, where it's up to the Conservative backbenchers to find their compromise. The Conservatives haven't voted for any of the compromises except the Malthouse Compromise. If you don't know what the Malthouse Compromise is, it is it's essentially dead already, but I'll explain it anyway. It was introduced back when the first meaningful vote failed in January. It was the idea that we would renegotiate the backstop with the EU to make sure there's a unilateral exit mechanism. Surprisingly enough, this has been obviously derided basically on the fact that the EU made it very, 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 very clear hundreds of times that the backstop could not be renegotiated. Uh, Brexiteers are quite annoyed that this they weren't allowed to continue to vote on this, such as during the indicative votes this week. Why was this not chosen to be voted on? Well, it's because it can't be done. So the Conservatives are still kind of wishing for something that can't actually be done. Um, and therefore, they're not really willing to compromise as of yet. Labour, the Labour Party voted for the Customs Union proposal, for the Common Market 2.0 proposal, for the second referendum proposal. You know, they're trying to find a compromise. They're trying to find something that the House can work with. It is the Conservative Party that has consistently voted against everything. Everything. Even May's deal. They are voting against all of it. So, we're left with the question, what do the Conservative Party want? No deal, apparently. Apparently is what they want, because that's the only option left on the table. So, we're kind of waiting for them to realise that's not going to happen, and to reach the compromise they want. Because it's either, at this point, really, soft Brexit or no Brexit. That seems to be the will of the House. With this Cooper bill being passed once again, we see that the House is still against a no-deal situation. They have consistently voted to prevent no-deal situations, and so therefore it is up to these Conservative backbenchers to compromise, to find something that they can agree with. Because if they don't, Theresa May's words that echo at the start of this episode, Brexit may not happen at all. Now, you want some non-Brexit news. I mean, it's sort of Brexit news, but at least it's not directly related to what's going to happen with Brexit news, right? Let's get stuck in. Right, election spending. So, during this uh, campaign, this Brexit campaign, you may remember things like leave.eu. Well, they were taken to court, breaking spending rules and spreading lies. And they were found guilty. They were found to have done this. How they are found to have overspent. Uh, they then decided to appeal this decision, and it had been going through the courts. But this week, they dropped the appeal, essentially admitting that yes, we were guilty. They have been found guilty of doing so. Now, in a in a democratic state, if an election is uh, cheated on, if one of the sides cheats, overspends, lies, 
then you'd think you'd rerun that election. I don't know, we'll be rerunning our first referendum, perhaps we will in the end. But it seems to me a bit of a gross oversight that this hasn't been reported on more widely, or more widely considered. They broke the rules. You know, one side broke the rules. The referendum is not a legitimate conclusion. Perhaps if we rerun it, with the exact same conditions, Leave would still win. But we don't know, because Leave did cheat. On top of this, Leavers are getting quite fed up in the country, well at least a few of them are. Uh, they attempted to sabotage some train lines earlier in the week. I don't mean they tried to blow them up, not quite so aggressive. But they did attempt to sabotage them. They left little switchy things, little electric things, that were designed to fool the track into believing that it had a train on it, to prevent other real trains from going on the track. They left a little note as well alongside this that said, and I quote, they will bring the country to its knees. Uh, funnily enough, with a big dose of irony, their protest didn't actually have any effect because the lines had been updated and didn't work that way anymore. Bit of irony on the Leave campaign, isn't it? Bit behind the times, not really understanding what they're doing, thinking things work one way but they don't actually work that way, I digress. The interesting thing about this is that we're now having some true civil disobedience coming out. Perhaps only from two, three people, but it's, uh, you know, it's the start of something, isn't it? We've had threats before of Leavers rioting in the streets if Brexit is, doesn't happen. You know, this is the first inkling that maybe they might get a little annoyed if Brexit doesn't happen soon. It's not really a reasonable thing to do, however. I mean, I'm not going to claim that Leavers are unreasonable people. A lot of them are reasonable people. You know, maybe they don't like the EU because they see it as a German car-selling organisation, which in some ways is. But to attempt to sabotage train lines, civil disobedience and the like, it is the only way to get people to listen but it's also not particularly democratic. I'm sure these same people would be against having a second referendum and see their train sabotage as a much more reasonable way of enacting their democracy and democratic decisions. But in any case, we continue onwards with this Brexit hell. Uh, in the coming days, there will be further negotiations between Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn Hopefully there will be some results from this, maybe something good can come of it, maybe we will reach a compromise that can be agreed across the house and cross party to enact a softer Brexit, or at least some kind of people's vote, or maybe we are just trending for another general election, which I think people on both sides of parliament are quite scared of. The electorate are not happy at the moment, and facing them and being accountable is always a little bit of a frightening and chastening experience. Those with smaller majorities, like Anna Soubry, might see them slip away and their places in Parliament disappear, at least for five more years. I expect next Wednesday to be the real watershed moment with Brexit, uh, when Theresa May is actually forced to go to the EU summit and come up with a real reason for an extension. I think that's when we will get, well, at least some more news and more ideas about what Brexit will entail and exactly how she plans to solve this problem that we are currently stuck in. Uh, thank you for listening. It's been a great episode.
I hope we have another exciting week ahead, and I will be here to discuss it with you. Thanks again. Goodbye. The house is Are legally binding. To every single EU leader. If this vote is not passed tonight, if this deal is not passed, then Brexit could be lost.